Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents The Investment This tale opens on a high school parking lot, just as school is getting out. Trevor, who is 18, wearing torn jeans and a tight white t-shirt, dangles a cigarette from his lips as he leans against his jet-black muscle car as he stares at other students walking by. His friend Joe, who is 17, dressed in khaki docker pants and a button-up t-shirt, flips through a graphic novel. Trevor pulls the cigarette from his mouth as two attractive girls approach. What's up? The girls pass by without even glancing in his direction. Yeah, I know. I'm way too much man for you. What do you want to bet they're carpet munchers? Frustrated, he looks at Joe, who is still reading the graphic novel, and knocks it out of his hands. Keep reading that shit, Joe, and I guarantee no chick in her right mind will bang you. Joe quickly scoops the book back up. What are you trying to say? Have you looked in a mirror lately? This whole Bill Gates thing only works if you got the money. I think I dress very... Trevor puts his hand up, silencing Joe. As Rachel, who is 18, and dressed in a cheerleader's uniform and has her long brunette hair tied back in a ponytail, (laughs) comes strolling up. Trevor grabs her and kisses her as well as squeezing her ass, which causes Joe to look away. Trevor grabs her around the waist and picks her up, placing her on the hood of the car. What brings you by? Just on my way to cheer practice. I thought I'd see you first. Trevor slowly takes a step back and raises his arms up. Take it all in. (laughs) Trevor. What? We may have trouble. Trevor turns around and finds Brad Connor, captain of the football team, standing with some other football players several parking stalls down. Brad, obviously angry, takes his letterman jacket off and tosses it to the ground as he marches towards Trevor. He's only able to get several steps before some of the other players grab hold of him. Lucky thing your little boy toy stopped you, Brad. I'd hate to kick your sorry ass in front of all these people. Trevor reaches back and runs his hand up Rachel's leg. Fuck you. I'm standing right here, chode liquor. Brad tries to break free of his friend's grasp, but can't. Hey, man. No one wants you getting suspended before the homecoming game. Brad takes a deep breath and steps back. It's cool. You got lucky, asshole. Your time is coming. Well, make sure you tell me when. I wouldn't want to miss that. Now go fuck yourself, because I know what I'm going to be fucking. Smiling, Trevor turns to Rachel. Keep on enjoying my sloppy seconds. <laughs> More like sloppy fourths. Yeah, fucking slut. All of a sudden, Mr. Smith, the gym teacher, appears in his super tight shorts, staring at the group of kids. What's going on over there? Ignored, Mr. Smith, angry, takes a step towards them. I know you people can hear me. Nothing, sir. We're just going to class. Well, get going. Brad glares at Trevor, then storms off with his friends right behind him. Trevor... Shaking his head and laughing, (laughs) looks at Rachel. What the fuck did you see in him? Rachel seductively wraps her legs around Trevor. You don't think people are asking that about you? Let them think. We still on for tonight? 
Maybe. Come on. Are your folks leaving for the weekend or what? Rachel glances down at her watch. They're boarding a plane for Mexico as we speak. Nice. So I take it you'll be coming over? Trevor pushes himself up tight against Rachel. Oh, I'll be coming, if you know what I mean. Is that so? Several times, I'm sure. You better not disappoint me. If you can, try and bring one of your cheerleader friends home. One that parties? And why is that? I gotta try and help my boy get some action. Rachel looks over at Joe, who has his face buried in his graphic novel again. (laughs) She'll have to be really drunk. It's all good. Looking across the parking lot, Rachel notices other cheerleaders gathering over by the football field. Shit. Time to go shake my ass. Come over around nine. Kissing Trevor, she slides off the hood. Save some of that ass shaking for tonight. As Rachel walks away, she flips up her skirt, flashing her bright red panties. What a perfect dumper. Trevor watches her sprint across the parking lot. What do you think? Trevor looks down at Joe, who is not paying attention, and jerks the book out of his hand. You need to stop reading this shit and grow up. You want to stand around reading comic books, or you want to get serious about scoring yourself some trim? First of all, it's a graphic novel, not a comic book. Second off, I'm waiting for the right woman. Well, I hope you enjoy jerking off, dickhead, because at your rate, no chick's gonna let you touch him. Joe sticks his hand out. Come on! That's a Frank Miller! First edition! Trevor just rolls his eyes in disgust and tosses the book back at him. Here's your stupid comic. Let's get the fuck out of here. Night has fallen as Trevor's car comes pulling up to the iron gates that lead to Rachel's house. Trevor rolls his window down and reaches out, pushing a red button on the speaker box as Joe looks up at the house in disbelief. This place is huge! Her old man's loaded. What does he do? Junk bonds, stock market, or some shit like that. Rachel's voice suddenly comes out of the speaker box. Who is it? Open the gate, baby! The gate slowly swings open, and Trevor drives his car in. Trevor and Joe walk into the large house and find Rachel and one of her friends, Jennifer, sitting on the stairs with drinks in their hands. I hope you have one of those waiting for me. Come here. Trevor walks over to Rachel, who stands up and pours some of her drink into her mouth, then pushes her lips against his, emptying the contents of her mouth into his. How's that taste? Like I want some more. Trevor runs his hands all over her body when Rachel suddenly breaks away and looks at Joe. So, Joe, this is my friend Jennifer. Maybe you've seen her around school? Joe looks over at Jennifer. I actually sat next to you in history class last semester. (laughs) Really? That's amazing. I know. Truly. Rachel looks over at Jennifer and laughs, then looks over at Joe. I was thinking the two of you might hang out and get to know each other a little better. Jennifer tries to stand up, falls back down on her ass. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> How long you been drinking? We've just had a couple, but she's a total lightweight. 
Trevor turns to Joe. You're going to owe me big time. Joe steps up to a photo on the wall of a guy standing on a diving board, holding a trophy. Who's that on the diving board? That's my brother Brian. That was right after he won state. Impressive. Does he still swim? He's dead. Sorry, I had no idea. No worries. It was a long time ago. What happened, if you don't mind me asking? Enough with the 20 fucking questions. I doubt she really wants to talk about it. I don't mind. Trevor, irritated, tosses his hands up in the air before sitting on the stairs. One day, he went down to the pool when nobody was home to practice. And they say he hit his head on the diving board. I was the first one home. And I found him floating face down. So, he drowned? No, he was getting a blowjob. What the hell do you think happened? Enough of this shit. Let's get to drinking. Trevor jumps up off the stairs and slaps Rachel on the ass. I take it the cabinet is already open? Make yourself at home. The two of us will take this opportunity to go upstairs and slip into something more comfortable. And hopefully revealing. Perhaps. Rachel carefully helps Jennifer to her feet and they stumble on their way up the (laughs) stairs towards the bedrooms. Trevor grabs Joe and pulls him up close. If your dumbass can't get any pussy tonight, you're a lost cause. She's drunk. That's the idea, monkey nuts. Trevor slaps Joe across the back of the head as he walks into the living room. Trevor steps up to a tall, cherry wood cabinet filled with various bottles of alcohol. Decisions, decision. Trevor pulls down a bottle and takes a swig off it as Joe stands looking at the pair of medieval swords hanging on the wall. You think those are real? What, Jennifer's tits? No, the swords. Besides, how many teenagers do you know that get implants? These fucking rich kids get whatever they want. That silver spoon never leaves their mouths. You play your cards right, you'll be able to find out firsthand if her tits are real or not. I wouldn't be right with her being drunk and all. Trevor fills a glass and hands it to Joe. You need a drink. What is it? Just drink it. Joe takes a sip, then quickly spits it out. (coughs) That's horrible! You're killing me, Joe. These kind of opportunities don't come around every day. You might as well go downstairs and play with her old man's model train. Model trains? Ugh, shit, I shouldn't have said anything. Are you being serious? He has a train collection? Forget I even said anything. Come on, you know I like that stuff. Looking around, Joe notices a door underneath the staircase. It's in there, isn't it? The basement. Don't do it. You go down there, and you can kiss your chances of banging Jennifer goodbye. Joe quickly walks over to the door and opens it. I bust my balls to try and set it up so that you can get laid, and this is how you pay me back? Like I've told you, I'm waiting for the right woman. Joe walks down the stairs. Motherfucker! Trevor notices Rachel and Jennifer, who are now wearing only white towels, standing at the top of the stairs. Rachel is wearing red high heels. Where's Joe? Who cares? Trevor kicks the basement door closed. He'd rather play with toy trains. Trevor, taking his shirt off, walks up the stairs. I prefer more grown-up toys. 
Reaching Rachel, he massages Rachel's breast as she runs her tongue along the top of his shoulder blade. Trevor reaches over and caresses Jennifer's ass. Yeah. So, you think you're man enough to handle the two of us? Hell yes, or I'll die trying. Rachel, smiling, leans over and kisses Jennifer as Trevor leads them into a bedroom. Brad pulls up in his black Camaro, drinking a beer in front of the gates to Rachel's house. He glares out at the house as his friend Jeff sits in the passenger seat drinking a beer. What the hell, man? I thought we were hitting the party. Brad finishes his beer and tosses it into the back. That piece of shit is in there right now. I could see his car. Dude, you need to let it go. She dumped your ass. Besides, this party will have so much split tail walking around, you'll forget all about her. Brad, without warning, grabs Jeff and pulls him close. Every fucking person at school knows who I am. I don't get dumped for some trailer park trash piece of shit. Hey, man, chill. Brad slowly lets go of Jeff. What do you want to do? Brad opens another beer. I want to make that fucker bleed. We can't do that shit anymore. You want to go to jail? You're either with me or against me. I'm not touching him. Then get the fuck out of my car. Jeff, shaking his head, gets out and slams the door as Brad speeds away. Joe stands in the basement, mesmerized by the massive model train setup that takes up the entire basement, except the jacuzzi that sits next to the tracks. Train tracks run in all directions, zigzagging through woods and mountain ranges. This is so cool! Joe finds a control box and hits the power button. A train whistle blasts out of one of the tunnels. Then a freight train comes rolling out, pulling a dozen cars loaded with miniature containers. Joe follows the train around, but stops when he runs into a tall figure, dressed in a crash test dummy costume. Startled, Joe jumps back. Huh! You scared the hell out of me, Trevor! What's with the costume? The figure tilts its head slightly to the side. It's not scary anymore! The figure stands motionless, staring at Joe as he turns back to the trains. This setup is amazing! The figure grabs Joe, but he knocks his hands away. Knock it off! The figure wiggles its index finger in a disapproving manner as Joe tries to step back. But the figure grabs him again. Ah, enough already! Trevor, that hurts! The figure raises its other hand, revealing a rusty pipe. What are you doing? The figure slams ah! the pipe against the side of Joe's head, opening a long gash, causing blood to spray out of Joe's head as he falls to the floor. The figure hits him again with the pipe knocking him unconscious. Joe, his face covered in blood, opens his eyes and finds himself bound and gagged, seated in the jacuzzi. His hands are tied to the handles of the jacuzzi with wire. He tries to move but can't. The figure steps out of the shadows holding the control box. Joe notices a section of the track has been pulled apart from the set, and it's directed right over the jacuzzi. Joe screams, but it's muffled by the gag as the figure hits the power button. Joe watches the train move along the track as he thrashes around, trying to break free. 
the figure waves goodbye as the train comes around the last corner, and it's headed straight towards Joe, shining its headlight on his terrified face. All Joe can do is watch in horror as the train plunges off the track into the jacuzzi, electrifying the water. Sparks fly in all directions as the room suddenly goes dark, causing several emergency lights to kick on, illuminating Joe's lifeless corpse. Jennifer, sweaty and moaning, is riding on top of Trevor as Rachel lays next to him, kissing him. Techno music blasts from a stereo across the room. All of a sudden, the room goes dark and quiet, causing Jennifer to slide off Trevor and collapse next to him. What the fuck happened to the power? Maybe one of the breakers blew. The power comes back on as Trevor looks over at Jennifer. Hey, sugar tits, how about you go and get me a beer? <laughs> what? You're done. Go make yourself useful. Ugh. Go fuck yourself. Trevor looks at Rachel, who is licking his chest. <laughs> Obviously, that isn't the case. Rachel looks over at Jennifer with sympathetic eyes. Please? <sighs> Fine. Thank you. Jennifer gets out of bed and wraps the towel around her and walks over to the door as Rachel straddles Trevor. Hey, Jennifer. What? Get those fucking tunes cranking again. Also, you should consider a career as a fluffer in the porn industry. Jennifer gives Trevor the finger as she walks out of the room. Jennifer stands at the top of the steps when she hears a noise from down below. Joe? Rachel's moans can be heard as Jennifer takes several steps down the stairs. Hey, Joe? Are you down there? Jennifer stops when a figure suddenly appears at the bottom of the steps. What the hell are you wearing? Didn't you hear me calling you? The figure nods yes. Then why didn't you say anything? The figure just shrugs its shoulders. The stairs all of a sudden creep behind her, causing her to spin around to find another figure in a crash test dummy costume that what? shoves her down the ah! stairs. Oh! Jennifer, twisting and turning, tumbles down the stairs, snapping her leg bone, which causes it to tear through the skin. The figure at the bottom steps aside as Jennifer hits the floor with a thud. Jennifer fights to stay conscious as the other figure walks down the stairs. And together, they drag her into the kitchen as she passes out. Sweaty and exhausted, Rachel lays next to Trevor. What's taking her so long? Why do you care? I'm thirsty. Trevor, agitated, gets up and puts his jeans on. What are you doing? Getting myself a beer since that dizzy bitch can't do it. The music stops, allowing for a thumping sound to be heard. You hear that? Rachel sits up as a thumping sound increases. What? How can you not hear this shit? So what? It's nothing. I'll be right back. Trevor walks up to the edge of the stairs as a thumping sound increases. What the fuck is that? Joe? Jennifer? Walking down the stairs, he hears muffled screams. What the hell? Rachel, wearing a robe, walks up behind him. What's going on? Shut up. What is it? 
I don't know, but whatever it is, it's coming from the kitchen. The kitchen door slowly swings open, and Trevor sticks his head in. Anybody in here? Trevor pushes the door all the way open, and they step in. The sounds are coming from a large brick oven on the other side of the kitchen. Way to go, genius. You left the oven on. You trying to burn the place down? I wasn't cooking anything. Trevor walks over to the oven, but staggers back, horrified. What the fuck? Jennifer, bound and gagged, has been shoved inside the oven and is frantically trying to use her one good leg to bust out the glass. Rachel screams at the sight of Jennifer as she grabs Trevor. Do something! Trevor grabs the door handle to the oven and pulls on it, but finds it secured by a pair of handcuffs. Turn it off! Rachel stares at the oven in disbelief. I can't! What the fuck do you mean you can't? Turn it off! The control knob things are gone! Trevor looks at the temperature gauge begin to rise. Christ, she's gonna cook to death! Get her out! Trevor again grabs the handle and with all his force tries to open it, but it doesn't budge. Fuck! Trevor scans the kitchen. I need something to bust the glass out! Trevor opens cabinet doors as Rachel watches as Jennifer shakes violently. Hurry, Trevor! Trevor throws pots and pans across the kitchen as he empties cabinet after cabinet. He finds a fire extinguisher and charges over to the oven, raising it up. Get out of the way! Rachel ducks as he slams the bottom of the fire extinguisher against the glass, but it just bounces off, doing nothing. Jennifer lays motionless as her skin peels off her body. Trevor tries repeatedly to bust the glass, but it does nothing. Come on, break already! Oh my god. Jennifer's body melts through the oven rack as Rachel falls to her knees, crying. Oh my god! Trevor throws the fire extinguisher across the kitchen. Where's Joe? You, you think he, he did this? I don't know, but we need to find him. You have to get up. I can't. Get up. Trevor grabs her arm and jerks her up as a train whistle can be heard. The trains. Trevor pulls a knife out of one of the drawers. Stay behind me. Using the tip of the knife, Trevor swings the basement door open and they creep down the stairs and are almost to the bottom when Rachel lets out a blood-curdling scream. Trevor drops the knife on the floor at the sight of Joe, hanging from the rafters, with one of the model train engines shoved into his mouth and is still whistling. Get up the stairs! Rachel comes running out of the basement door, but stops when she sees the figures standing at the front door. Leave us alone! Rachel runs up the stairs as Trevor comes out of the basement door. What kind of happy horse shit is this? You do realize it's not Halloween? A door upstairs can be heard slamming as Trevor grabs a lamp off the table. You want to play? Bring it on, asshole! I'll shove this lamp up your ass. The figure steps towards Trevor, causing him to step back into the living room. 
and raise the lamp. I'm not fucking around with you. Take another step and I'll brain you with this. The figure stops. That's what I thought. Trevor glances over and notices one of the swords is missing off the wall. Where the hell did... Trevor's head slowly slides off his body and falls to the floor, followed by his body. The other figure stands behind Trevor, holding the sword and some rolled up rope, when there is a knock at the front door. Open the door right now, Rachel. I know you're in there with him. His car is parked in front. With sword in hand, the figure steps behind the door and opens it. Brad, drunk, looks in at the other figure standing in front of the stairs. Who the hell are you supposed to be? I want to see Rachel. The figure waves Brad in, who stumbles into the house as the door slams shut and a rope is tossed around his neck. What the fuck? He grabs hold of the rope and tries to pull it off. Get this fucking... He's kicked in the groin, which drops him to his knees as the rope is tightened around his neck. He struggles as he's dragged up the stairs by both figures. Once at the top of the stairs, the figures tie the loose end of the rope to the banister. Brad struggles to breathe as he grabs the railing and pulls himself up. I'm gonna fucking One of the figures shoves him over the railing and Brad, unable to stop himself, falls over the railing. The figures stand and watch as Brad struggles and kicks his legs, then goes limp. A puddle of urine collects on the floor beneath him. Hysterical, Rachel scrambles around the room, not knowing what to do. She picks up the phone but finds it dead. Shit! A knock at the door startles her, and she stands motionless as the knock repeats. You? Tiptoeing up to the door, she puts her ear to it and listens, when all of a sudden something crashes into it, sending her backwards. The door is hit several more times, creating a hole big enough for a hand. Leave me alone! A white-gloved hand reaches in and searches for the lock as Rachel, screaming, runs out the balcony door. Looking over the edge at the covered pool below, Rachel looks for a way out. Her bedroom door swings open as she hoists herself up on the railing and eyes an inflatable raft below. One of the figure comes charging towards her and reaches out for her just as she lets go. Rachel hits the raft, then bounces off onto the concrete. Rachel looks up at the balcony, finding the figure gone. She slowly gets up and limps towards the back door but stops when one of the figures suddenly appears. Rachel turns to run, but smacks right into another figure that grabs her. She screams out just as the figure flings her out into the pool, and she gets sucked down under the pool cover. Rachel struggles to stay afloat, but sinks into the pool, drowning, as the two figures walk around the edge and watch as Rachel's lifeless body floats in the tangled-up cover. One week later, we find Rachel's mother, Barbara, in her 40s, with tears in her eyes, sitting on the couch, surrounded by boxes, holding a photo of Rachel, 
Don, also in his 40s, her husband and Rachel's father, holds her hand. My poor baby. I miss my baby so much. Somebody knocks on the front door, causing Don to get up and go answer it. Don comes back in with a FedEx envelope in his hand. After Brian, you said this couldn't happen again. She lowers the photo as she looks up at Don. You said it wouldn't happen again. He sits down next to her. I know that's what I said, but how could I predict that the market would crash again? She was my little girl. Don reaches over and puts his hand on her pregnant belly. She was an investment, Barbara. Just like this one will be, and just like Brian was. Then I want to adopt. Someone needs to look after us when we're old. He thinks about the proposition for a moment. If it'll make you happy, we'll look into it. He grabs the envelope, tearing it open, and pulls out an insurance check for $2 million. Back in business. The doorbell rings. Now who could that be? Don walks to the door as Barbara opens up one of the boxes next to the couch, revealing the crash test dummy's costume. She places the photo of Rachel on the top of it and closes it. Don opens the door, finding Detective Spurlock in his 40s, wearing a cheap suit and tie, standing there. What's with the moving van? You guys aren't thinking of going someplace, are you? Don looks out at the moving van, then back at Spurlock. My wife, who is extremely depressed, has no desire to stay in the house where two of her children have passed on. Spurlock looks Don up and down. Is everything okay? Is there a problem? We just got ourselves a few unanswered questions to deal with. Spurlock steps into the house as Don steps aside. Unanswered questions? Such as? Spurlock, laughing, slaps <laughs> Don in the back. Relax, sport. I'm just fucking with you. So everything is fine, then? Everything's fine as frog hair. I told you I'd take care of it, Mr. Daniels. Fantastic. Spurlock sticks his hand out, rubbing his fingers together. I believe you have something for me. Oh, of course. Don pulls out an envelope filled with money and hands it to Spurlock, who quickly opens it and counts it. It's the same as last time. Barbara walks in. Is there a problem? Spurlock shoves the envelope in his pocket. It would appear that the only problem we have here is a fucked up teenager. Spurlock steps into the middle of the foyer. It's very unfortunate that your daughter's jealous ex-boyfriend was able to get into the house and murder her, as well as several of her close friends. And if that wasn't horrible enough, the sorry bastard goes and hangs himself over your staircase railing. Spurlock looks back at Barbara and Don. It's what we detectives like to call a slam dunk case. That's very good to hear. Spurlock looks over at Barbara. Where the hell are my manners? Congrats on the bun in the oven. I guess this means I'll be seeing you guys in another 18 years or so. <laughs> hey, listen, I would love to hang out and chat and shit, but you wouldn't believe how many scumbag cocksuckers this town has running around causing problems for all the fine upstanding citizens. Well, we shall not keep you a minute longer, then. Spurlock winks at Barbara. Don't forget to take all those prenatal pills and shit. You're gonna want that kid coming out healthy. 
Spurlock walks out the door as Barbara and Don watch him get into his Impala and speed out of the driveway. This concludes The Investment. But stay tuned for future Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder presents wherever you get your podcasts.